Hey, everybody. Welcome to Unchecked Baggage, episode number 26 of what may end up being maybe a two-part series. I would like everybody to know that we are here with my cousin, Vonnie. Say hello, Vonnie. Hello, Vonnie. <laughs> hello. For a very, for a very busy uh, schedule. Mm. Our social activity. So thank you, Vonnie, for being here for, with us. You actually are one of the busiest people I've ever seen. I see all the stuff that you post on Facebook. So just for the listening audience here, Vonnie lives in Wisconsin. We are in Texas, so we don't get to see Vonnie very often, but we keep in touch via Facebook. And I see all the fun stuff that you're doing all the time, always riding your motorcycle and going to different countries. And it's amazing. Well, I need to go to more countries. I'm going to Mexico this December. That'll be fun. Ooh, that's a good time to go. So it's not Mm -hmm. quite so hot. Well, getting out of Wisconsin in the winter is my thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever thought about maybe like just living in Wisconsin during maybe the spring and the summer and then going somewhere else in the winter? That is actually on my list Um, with work. I want to, some departments can work from home anywhere in the country. And so I'm shooting for my department to start doing that, or I may transition to another department. Anywho, by the time I'm 60, I want to have a little condo in Texas and a little condo up here. Doesn't have to be fancy, just something, even if it's just one bedroom in each place with a motorcycle garage. That's really all I need because I probably won't be there much anyway because I like to go from Brim a lot. But, yep, that's my goal. Never see snow or 100 degrees again. Oh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah, today it's uh, last time I checked the temperature. It's 102 here, and uh-huh. we're we're in uh, my little office, which is actually just a conversion that we did of our garage. And so we have a little air conditioning unit, which is turned off right now, so that our sound isn't terrible. It's 102, but it feels like 101. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me see what we're doing here in Wisconsin weather-wise right now. We are oh boy, 78. Feels like wow. 70. Yeah. I'm so I know. Summer here is really rough. That and is amazing. I would love 78 so right now. That's people here are dying. People here are dying when it's 90. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I like well, that. but not everybody has air conditioning there, do they? Um, Used to know, but the summers have been getting hotter here. Like, I used to not have one. Um, but we do hit a few hundred degree days and, and there'll be a couple or three weeks that are like in the mid to upper 90s. And that's pretty unbearable. So I have a couple of window units now, one for upstairs, one for downstairs. But yeah. OK, that's good. Yeah, because I mean, even 90 degree heat is way too much yeah. without an air conditioner. Mm-hmm. Anything over 85, got to have AC. Yeah, I, I agree. Have a breeze. Well, we we have you here for a reason. Obviously, we are going to talk about the subject that we're going to talk about. But before we get to that, I wanted to address an email that you sent over to us, which I've been neglecting for, gosh, since May 19th, it looks like, when you sent this over to us. Oh, boy, <laughs> I don't even remember what it said. I have thoughts, and then they're gone. <laughs> okay, I'll read it back to you. So here's what okay. you said. You said, hi, Rob and Lena, longtime listener, second-time emailer. <laughs> I love corny. that you do that. You said, just wanted to make quick comments about people's appearance being a frequent topic. You, Lena, often mention that people shouldn't comment on others' appearance, weight loss, etc. I'm going to disagree with a few points. Number one, it's human nature 
even many animals' nature to notice what's attractive in one's opinion and have societal standards that affect that opinion. I remember when y'all came up here to visit. Okay, oh, this is it. This is embarrassing, <laughs> but I'm going to read it anyway. Oh, um, I don't know if you should you came, read that one. <laughs> no, I am. When you came up here to visit and you mentioned that there were a lot of ugly people in this state. <laughs> Didn't make you a bad person. That's just your opinion. <laughs> I thought that was hysterical when you said it, but that was a good point to go along with the the email. Ugly <laughs> people in Wisconsin. Yeah, I did. I, just all over this. I know. I actually remember saying that, and I think I've I've kind of like you know. I mean, we kind of grow as people over the years, and we like you know maybe change our opinions on things and. <laughs> I, deep down, am a very shallow person, actually. Very shallow. All Um, humans are. And so I think what I'm doing at this point in my life is trying to, like, overcompensate for that, trying to be, like, a good person. So I think I've swung the other way. And I'm like, okay, now we're not judging anybody on anything ever. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so I do remember saying that. And now I feel guilty about it. Oh. That was just your opinion. Yeah. So, and then your email goes on to say, okay, number two, the majority of people would be really disappointed if they lost weight, had procedures, et cetera, and nobody mentioned it. If they gain the weight back, they know they looked nicer when they were thinner, whether it's mentioned or not, but not mentioning positive changes could have the effect of making someone say, fuck it. Why do all of this work? If nobody even notices, I agree. it feels good to have your positive changes noticed. I agree. Yeah. That's what I said in the episode. That's a, I mean, that's a really good point. That That is I a know. really good point. If you're well, working yeah. your ass off all the time, you're going to the gym and you're like, you know, and then nobody says anything, maybe that, it, you're right. Now you're it's right. A, now it's a good point that Bonnie said it, but I said it was terrible. Well, because I have I, better phrasing. <laughs> and, and also I'm always right. So, you know, there's uh, that. A lot of respect for Bonnie. Oh, thank you. Not for me, obviously. <laughs> Zero respect for you. No, I'm just kidding. I respect you too. I just argue with you more. But no, if that I was is there, a- she would probably argue with me more. <laughs> right? If you were here every single day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I would totally argue with you. Yeah. No, but that's a good point. I mean, people, if they're working hard, they probably do want to be recognized. Yeah. I like when somebody says, like, you've been working out or have you lost some weight? And then, you know, because especially somebody doesn't see you all the time, they see the changes more than somebody that sees you every day. I guess what I worry about is, okay, so I I guess I think I'm probably a little bit crazy because I think about things like, what if that person has cancer and the reason why they're losing weight is because they've been going through chemotherapy and then they're like, oh yeah, I've been going through chemotherapy. That's why I lost weight. You know, like I think about things like that and I'm like, what if you say something that just like totally like slams them in the face, you know? Well, but the odds are more in favor of it being taken positively. So yeah, I would, I would err on this, you know, that's probably true. And usually when you're giving people compliments, no matter, you know, like what reason you're giving them a compliment for, they usually enjoy mm-hmm. it. You're right. People yeah. enjoy compliments. Mm-hmm. Okay. I backtrack on what I said here. Okay. Number three on your email. Oh um, gosh, there was more. <laughs> yeah, there's more. This is like a whole lengthy thing here. Number three, it isn't really a sad statement of society that people notice a physically attractive person. It's just normal. Would you have dated Rob if he'd weighed 300 pounds when y'all met? No, 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 no. (laughs) Probably not. And that's 100% okay because Rob suits your personal taste as he is. 
there are other people who would prefer the 300 pound person. The sad statement about society really is that people might talk crap about the person who prefers the 300 pound version as if there's something wrong with their personal taste. Oh, everybody, yeah, everybody's personal taste is personal taste. Mm-hmm. Like I always told you, when people say, I did, I'm not dating them for their appearance, maybe not, but you went up to them originally because of their appearance. You noticed them mm-hmm. first physically. Yeah. Maybe you decide you want to talk to them right now. That's a really good point. I really don't like chubby guys and I like muscle guys. That is one of the, that's the first thing that attracted me to Rob is that he was very mm-hmm. good looking. Yeah. yeah. So you're right. And you're right. Yeah. Right again. <laughs> like I said, I always am. But yeah, I mean, different people, have, it would be very boring and like only one person on the planet would be liked if everybody's taste was the same. Because yeah. we all look different. That would be me. That would be me actually, but that's okay. yes okay i stand corrected it is okay to tell someone hey it looks like you've been losing weight that that looks great on you or give them any other kind of compliment you're you're right and if somebody's working their butt off they do want to be complimented i mean i do too i mean it's not like i don't want to be complimented i just Mm -hmm. always worry about over like I've just become very conscious of weird stuff as I've gotten older. Like I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I and then need to worry about how are they gonna gaining weight? You don't want to look up to somebody and say I need to be correct. no in general, like you. Oh, I think Rob was just telling me to watch my weight. He's like, you need to worry say, about you need to worry about gaining weight. Are you pregnant or used to be skinnier? That kind of thing is probably that kind of thing you wouldn't want to say, yeah. Yeah. But if it's the opposite way, if it's a good thing, then yes, you should mm-hmm. be able to say it no matter what. What the reason is they're skinny. Oh, Positive feedback is good. Rob made that mistake one time of asking someone if they were pregnant oh, or yeah. when the baby do, was due or something. So didn't you? Episode, yeah. Oh, okay. I don't work. In that episode, I think I said that. That's what she was pregnant. She's like, oh. Yeah, I always like, I don't say anything about somebody being pregnant unless they're like, obviously, definitely 100%, I know they are pregnant. I was 80% sure she was pregnant. I was with my um, best friend, Stephanie, um, when I was 16. I think I was 16 years old. So Stephanie was pregnant. We might have been 17, but she was pregnant. And her mom had just given birth maybe two years ago or something, um, but still kind of looked a little pregnant-ish. Anyway, we were going to, we went up to the hospital where she was going to give birth to do like the little tour thing. And um, one of the nurses said something. I don't remember exactly what it was, but like, oh, we've got two expected mothers or something along those lines. And yeah, her mother was just like, "Mm, I had my baby two years ago. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, yeah, I learned my lesson right then and there. Never to say anything about pregnant women. But I think even in that scenario, I mean, you know how you look in a, you know, like you have a mirror. Well, I think some people maybe don't, but most people have a mirror. (laughs) Some people, I'm like, what the hell are you thinking? Take that. No, no, no. That garment should never even have been made. (laughs) Well, she didn't seem super offended, but I I felt so embarrassed. Like, I know I turned red, like, for her. (laughs) Go. Poor lady. All right. Okay, so that's that. That's it for that email. Is that all I, I said? To, yeah, that was all you said. Well, you said a couple other things. Let's see. You said no, uh, no, you're fine. I didn't even remember all that, but I did. Hey, I did phrase well. I think I did good on that. 
You did. It's it's a very uh, good email. You totally turned my opinion around. And you said, in closing, I'd like to say once again that it blows my mind how y'all fit so much into your lives. Pretty dang amazing. Much love and many hugs. Sincerely, your favorite cousin, Bonnie. Yes. <laughs> I love y'all you. Do. You are my I'm favorite, like... favorite cousin. And you as well, back at your favorite cousin. And we know I'm Rob's favorite cousin too, but again, he won't say that because he doesn't want to hurt his, his blood cousin's feelings. <laughs> yeah, it's okay to let him. I only have like 97 cousins. Somebody <laughs> has to be number one, it's best to be last. He does, yeah. does have a very it, big family. And it's just so much easier since I came into your life. <laughs> that That's true. true. That is true. <laughs> All right, so let's get started to the good stuff. Let's get yeah. Let's move on to the good stuff. Okay, so for our listening audience, this episode is about stalking. So uh, I know that we've teased it a couple of times on other episodes, and we are finally getting around to it. We know that this is a really heavy subject, and as we're going through, you know, this interview with Bonnie here, we might make jokes and we might laugh a little bit, and it's totally okay. It's not that we we don't take this subject seriously. It's just that uh, that's the way we deal with things is by adding humor to our lives. Especially me. So. Yeah, especially Rob. So that doesn't, that doesn't mean that we don't we know it's a serious topic. That's what we pick. Mm-hmm. And I'm a part-time comedian in my imagination. So yeah, it's a it's a, <laughs> it's a it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So we know we know that. Yeah. So please please understand that we don't we don't actually take the subject lightly. We just deal with things in a comedic way sometimes. So um, I'm going to start off by saying, let's see, I've got a couple of resources that I looked at as uh, prep for this episode. So I've got just a couple of factoids that I'm going to throw out there. And I just want to say that Paloma, uh, let's see, palomarokc.org was one of my sources and they'll be linked in the show notes. Uh, Reducingtherisk.org.uk is another source and then stalking risk profile.com. That's another source. And then um, I wanted to just tell everyone in case you're unfamiliar, what the definition of stalking is. It is a pattern of behavior directed at a specific person that would cause a reasonable person to feel fear. So that's what stalking is. You want one more fact that I got? Yeah. One in in 12 women will be stalked in a lifetime. One in 12. Dang. That's a lot. Is that just in the U.S. or is that worldwide? I'm guessing it's worldwide, but it didn't say the U.S. So that's 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 a lot. That's a lot. And if you haven't guessed, we have Vani here because she is actually uh, the victim of stalking. And so she is nice enough to join us here and tell us about her story. To so- be fair, we did ask if any stalkers wanted to be on the show and they declined. So we can't get their point of view, which we probably don't want it really, but we had to ask that is true. We tried to get both sides. Like if you're a stalker or a stalky, yeah. please reach out to us. Uh, no stalkers. Reached out to us. Volunteered, <laughs> unfortunately. I know we know at least one stalker. We do. Just by the cheer of 12. Oh, that's, yeah. yeah. That's Remember actually true. This has to be a stalker. Probably. <laughs> at least. All right. Let's so, go. Let's do it. Let's do it, Bonnie. Okay. I'm going to kind of let you lead this. However you want to start is fine. I was hoping you could just kind of maybe walk us through your your story, maybe like your relationship with this person and then how things progressed. Take it away. Okay. Well, um, really it just started out as um, some drunken shenanigans. It was a friend's 40th birthday party. The girls were out at the bar, blah, blah, blah. 
um, you know, cute little cowboy was there. So it kind of turned into a joke that he was the door, the door prize. And, and <laughs> so anyway, there was that evening. And then somehow, I mean, it was really nice guy and, you know, dressed well, spoke well. And he was super cute, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I remember yeah, yeah. meeting him, and he was, like, very good-looking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I, too, am shallow. Um. <laughs> so what, what age are we talking? Oh, uh, um, I think was he, he was, like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I think 20s, he was, like, maybe? he was, like, 15 years younger than me, maybe, somewhere in there. Okay. Right. I don't remember. I'll have to look that up. I would say when I met him, he seemed like he was, like, late 20s would be my guess. I'm, maybe, like. Almost I'm thinking 30. late 20s. That was, yeah, yeah, I mean, it was like late 20s. Holy oh, smokes, that was like 12 years ago, though. Yeah, it was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Sure. So there was that, and he seemed, you know, like a really nice guy, got along with everybody and um, all that stuff. But somehow within like, I don't know, I don't remember now exactly how long it was, but it was like this really short time, like a week or something. And I came home and like, there were clothes in my closet. And I was like, wait, wait, what, what, hold on, what just happened? You know, like, no, that's... Uh, not the thing, but that's like overstepping. This, yeah, but he had this way of talking. I mean, like, and I'm a pretty self-confident, um, not easily led type person. But he had this way of talking that made me really. It, it was gaslighting, is what it was. It would make me think, oh, well, well, yeah, that is what I think. I do think that, it, and it was it was really insane. I used to kind of think, you know, you'd watch the Lifetime for women shows or whatever and think, ah, that's so weak. That would never happen to me. Well, it did. And, and I didn't even know. And then once I did realize that I, I couldn't seem to fix it, which was again, really weird. And when I finally did get him out of my apartment, that's when it became really stalking. I mean, blowing my phone up. But even before, before that, like, how did he like, so he just, how many, how many days were you on before you moved in? Yeah, like how did that well, even get to that point of him putting his clothes in your closet? I wouldn't even say it was really dating. It was just, you know, there was the drunken night of shenanigans. And then and then somehow like it was the next day, it was like, oh, it's a relationship. I'm like, but wait, but that's, I don't think that's what I was doing. Uh, but I don't know. Um, so you, you, you looked at the relationship as, uh, I don't know if the word came out, but like a one night stand. That's exactly right. what it was, a one-nighter, yeah. He was so blown away by your one-night stand in this that he couldn't leave you, basically, right? I don't know. Um, I mean, that was the way he presented it. And I think in his mind that was it, but he was just a nut, a psycho nut. Um, so did he not have a home or of his own? Well, he lived with his grandmother. See, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that. He lived with his grandmother, and I found that out, like, some weeks later it it was just all bizarre it was like it wasn't even real like this was what the person presented to me you know I own my own business I do and I knew he was working at this place and he was like the boss of this project where you doing this roof um but then I found out he kind of just took the money and ran on that so it was it was just all bizarre um but he presented really well like all of this stuff was true and he mm-hmm. had a couple of friends who also were like, yeah, he does this and he does that. And I don't know if he had them snowed also or or what, but. Probably. So you, so yeah. you, you say he was, he was kind of a, like a, a con man kind of? I think, yeah, yeah. Except, I mean, like, obviously I wasn't rich, so he didn't get a lot out of me. <laughs> 
And I think he, he was more into the mind fuck of it, really. I think that was his thing. Um, it was no time until, you know, he would be questioning, was I really at work? Was I really at my classes? You know, looking at my cell phone bill. Who's this call? Who's this call? Who's this call? And really? I would just say, well, that was so-and-so. That was so-and-so. I'm like, dude, that's your fucking phone number. What are you talking about? Who is this? And, and he would just... And do it over and over to where I was like second guessing myself. Is that really Houston? And then I was like, wait, wait, wait. Why are we doing this? Right. Yeah. Why do I have to explain every move that I make? Mm -hmm. And it was so constant, though, that it just became. I was constantly on the on the defense, like constantly. And 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 was it was it just like so like fast where. Yeah. Yeah. You sleep, you you sleep with him one night, his clothes are in your closet the next day. And then like the next week he's questioning every move you make. Yeah, basically that's it. In a nutshell. It was bizarre. And then it was in the, but then he would talk me also into, cause I'm like, dude, you have to leave. I I don't do this. I don't live like this. This isn't me. Um, basically. Yeah. Cause you've always been, you've always been very independent. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, you know, I hate you, you psycho bastard. Get the fuck out of my apartment. Um, and then he would talk me into, well, but but I love you so much, and you love me, and and would be so nice for a little while, and then and then here we would go again. And I was like, and I would think to myself, why why did I just do that? Why did I? and but then my head would be so busy back getting into defense that I couldn't even think about why did I do it. it it's really hard to explain. It really is. And it gave me a whole new empathy for women and men who are in that position. You don't realize how much somebody can mess with your head until your head's being messed with that much. Almost sounds like you were like, um, like a boxer, you know, that you were like, just worried about playing defense so much that he yeah. kept you off your, you know, kept you off balance. That's exactly it. I mean, exactly it. So how, how did he treat you, like, how do you treat you normally when he wasn't accusing you of having an affair? How did yeah. he treat you, like, day to day? Oh, gosh, so nice. He was great. Um, you know, always with the compliments and, you know, holding doors, nice to my kid. You know, everybody liked him when he wasn't being psycho. And nobody saw him being psycho until a little bit later on after, after I finally was like, got him out of my apartment. Then he went full-blown psycho. So how long was he in your apartment? Not that long. Um, I was actually trying to remember that earlier. So I, just like a few months. Like, I would say less than six months. Okay. If I, maybe, ah, that was so long ago. It was like 12 years ago. But And not you probably like, really tried to erase a lot of that out of your mind. That's what I do. <laughs> well, I'm very forgetful. And then also I used to drink a lot, so that put those two together and a lot of things have kind of faded from my memory. <laughs> so so, so speak, speaking of the drinking part, did he ever say, I could say I was drinking and he'd say, remember last night you said I didn't have to move. Did he try to use your drinking and put words in your mouth? What you didn't know you said it for sure. And you're like, Oh yeah, I did say that. Cause you were drunk. Mm, he, no, he no, he didn't try that. He, I don't think he was smart enough to try and pull that one. Okay. Yeah. But you said he did do some gaslighting. What was that like? Well, just stuff like on the, um, he, he would ask me the same question so many times and in random order and just kind of like rapid fire. And then, 
you know, would stop for a little while because I would get to the point where I was in tears. I'm like, I don't know what the answer is anymore. I'm, oh, so now you don't even know what the truth is. I'm like, but I do, I do know what the truth is. And, and then I would start thinking, well, wait, is that the order that went in? And maybe I did do this first and then that, or, or I don't know, maybe this is the way it happened. And I would doubt myself because it it just seems so, um, I don't know. I think the constant barrage on testing my memory made me, well, I I really doubted myself on a lot of things during that time because I, I just, it got to where I couldn't make a good decision, I thought. But really, it was just all my decisions were getting screwed up because I couldn't think, you know, with that constantly going on. Was he uh, the ever physical or was he just? Oh, yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. No, he was I, physical sorry, too. I wanted to make a point real quick. So what you just said, Bonnie, makes so much sense. Um, so I was in, I, I worked for a guy, which is a totally different situation than like, you know, being in a relationship with someone. But I understand that feeling because I worked for someone that was, just like the way you're describing where he would come to my desk and it almost seemed like he was like just ready for like an argument and he would just like ask me questions and then just like pepper me with question 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 to where at I at some point I didn't even know like I didn't even know what answers he wanted what I needed to say anything like that and it just it does it just throws you off and it was like I've never before worked for or since luckily worked for an abusive person like that. But mm. that, so I understand exactly how yeah. that feels because it, it just, it does. It feels like you're just getting peppered with all these questions and then you don't understand, like you, you don't even know anymore because yeah. like I'm a very abstract thinking person. I think of things in like con- concepts, you know, I think conceptually and I don't always have, like, I don't always remember every single detail of every single day. Like mm-hmm. I did this at this minute, this at this minute, you know? And mm-hmm. so then answering those questions is just like, oh, that was terrible. So I, I completely understand that. And it would be a hundred times worse with a partner. Yeah. And well, and those people, I mean, you can look up sociopath, well, sociopath or psychopath, if it's more criminal edging toward the psychopath part, but um, and sociopaths do that, but not on such a, uh, not such a, I want to say not as negative, but that's not really what I'm looking for. But anyway, uh, it's sociopath, psychopath behavior. And so a person who's like that, they are going to be like that in other areas of their life, but they yeah. pick who they're going to be that way with. Like, you know, they would not be that way with everybody, but they would be like that way with me at home and you at work, but nobody else would see it except us, which would make us think we're crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everybody else thinks they're a great person. Mm-hmm. That's terrible. Unless we spoke to each other, because that's how I finally got my mind right. I accidentally found his other girlfriend who he was like stalking, and we talked, and we're like, "Oh my God, he's doing the same thing to both of us. We're not crazy." Wait, 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 wait. Maybe so I'm- he was stalking somebody else while he was dating. Yeah, you? I don't even know how. I don't even know how he could have had time, but when he was still living in my apartment is when he was stalking that person. So. Wow. And that's somebody yeah, you dated right before you? I think he started dating her after me, but since I was at home and he knew where I was at, then he would go stalk her. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. It was crazy. Wow. What a psycho. So that's the whole, if you, if you're cheating, then you accuse who you're with of cheating. Cause mm-hmm. you're cheating. That's. Yeah. That's even, even though he knew where I was every minute of every day. Like literally every minute of every day. 
he thought you were fitting in fucking around with somebody else. I think that was part of his mind fuck. If he kept me on my toes over here, then I couldn't be paying attention to what he was doing over there. Right. Yeah, he probably right. didn't care what he was doing. I was like, ah, oh. yeah, yeah. It was- okay, so how'd you finally, uh, how'd you finally get him out of the apartment? Well, wait, oh, you, did, you asked another question a minute ago that oh, we haven't gone answer? through yet. No, oh. is, is the violence part so was was he he, violent yeah was he physically violent or just mentally yeah yeah he was um i'm i'm not exactly a fragile female so um you know i i'm i have a pretty good right hook and so he didn't get physical with me very often but when he did he would do it so that it caught me off guard and i would be at a disadvantage Mm -hmm. you know so he could like pin me down or something um not black eyes or anything like that but definitely physical you know like i can do this yeah more it was it like more of an intimidation thing exactly yeah just like i could overpower you if i wanted to mm-hmm. so did he do that while he was still living there or was it like after he yeah while he was still living there in fact one time my uh my kiddo called the police and then he got there, the police got there, and he talked them into, somehow, he talked them into me making the story up and having my kid call. Yeah, and they believed it. Wow. It was crazy. Yeah, I don't doubt that at all. Yeah, some people, I mean, people like that, they're really good at just showing people what they want can to I throw, see. Can I throw another stat out? She just brought that up. Mm-hmm. So 54% mm-hmm. of women who were stalked called the police before they were murdered. Wow. So 54% of women called the police about being stopped. They got murdered. So sometimes the police aren't taking it seriously. I, I can totally see that. Totally, 100% see that. That's a big number. Should be like 10 or zero. Mm-hmm. Wow. How many times did the police get involved? Um, so there was that time. Another time after I got him out of the apartment, he broke in and took my cell phone. Um, and I managed to get my cell phone back after like a couple of hours of this crazy barrage of questioning again and I got my phone back and called 911 the cops got there and he convinced them he's like oh she's just mad because I won't give her any you know she wants to throw me out and I don't want to get out I'm like he doesn't live here he's got nothing in my apartment he does not live here I don't want him here I want him to go away and the cops were just like, oh, yeah, good old boy. You know, oh, I know how women can be, you know, and just blew it off and left. It was insane. That's weird because but, he's not, he wasn't even on your lease, right? It's, it's weird no. they didn't take him away because he was not even on your lease. Mm-mm. He wasn't on my lease. None of his stuff was in my apartment. That is crazy. He could talk a game, man. I'm telling you. It was- well, it may have been partly because you were in East Texas and... In a small town. In a small town, so... You know, women may not be taken as seriously on things uh, like yeah. that in those areas as they would have other places. Yeah, there's definitely a lot more. I call it little lady syndrome. You know, little lady, just calm down. Um, yeah. So oh. there's a lot more of that out there. That never works. Bless your heart. Yeah. Oh so, boy. Uh, <laughs> so, so you, you said earlier that you had a hard time getting him out of the apartment. So how did you finally get him to move out? What did you have to do to get him to finally move out? So what I finally did to get him out, I put all of his stuff in boxes and took it to his grandmother's house. And then while I was there, I stupidly parked in the driveway and my my son was with me again when I went over there. His grandmother, oh my gosh, she was a saint. I loved her so, 
so much. She was this amazing, beautiful soul of a person. But yeah, he blocked me in the driveway and like took like two hours to get out of there. Like we, we couldn't get out. And I was like, oh, I felt so bad. I was like, dude, my kid has to go to school tomorrow. And I keep saying kid, y'all, I hope everybody understands. Like he was 18, but still just graduating from high school. And yeah, he, uh, we took this, I took his stuff over there. But then even after that, you know, he talked me into, he was going to commit suicide and, you know, oh, you need, and played on that. And you know, I like to help people and I feel, you know, yeah. I don't want anybody to feel like I have felt at points in my life. So let me come and save you. Cause that's what I used to do. Now, now I'm just kind of a hermit, but used to, I wanted to save the world. So let's talk about that for a second. Mm -hmm. So this guy you've been trying to get rid of because he's been gaslighting you, physically mm -hmm. abusive, um, stalking you, doesn't trust you, and you still have um, enough sympathy for him to worry about him committing suicide. So we, is that just part of your nature or did you actually have some kind of feelings um that's really part of my nature and also like i said i loved his grandmother so much i would just do anything to keep from her keep from having her upset she would mm -hmm. she was really truly like a saint but i mean i think that um, i wouldn't say i had feelings i would say i wanted to think i had feelings if that makes sense like i oh, i wanted yeah. i yeah i think i you know it's like oh i don't want to I want to focus on the good of people. Mm -hmm. So like I wanted to focus on all the good things. And I have had this lifelong problem of wanting to fix people or help them fix themselves. So if you can convince me that you want to change, by golly, I'm going to be there and help you yeah. even while you were in my life. <laughs> so do you, do you think that's what um, men that are like that, uh, they use that, what you just said, as their way to manipulate Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that the, the formula is to be charming at first, like super charming, and then go into psycho mode once you see, I mean, I don't even know if they consciously do it, but they can, they just can tell. I've read a lot on this since then. Um, but they can just like sense, oh, this one I can do my crazy psycho shit on. This one I can't. And so they leave and don't mess with that one. Mm -hmm. Normally, I'm one who can't be messed with. That's what blew my mind. I mean, people don't think of me as, you know, a fragile fucking female who's like all, right. you know, help me, help me. I can't take care of myself. Nobody looks at me and thinks that. Um, so, no, so, that's so true. When you look back <laughs> on it, what do, you, what, do you, what do you think it was, though, that made you like that with him? Instead of, I, well, I'm assuming you haven't been like that since or before, right? Well, I've always wanted to fix people. I, I've had a series of psychos. But the other ones, when I said I was done, I was done. And that was just it. I, it was done. And I think, well, I, well, I know what happened. When I was done, done, that's when he went full-blown psycho stalker. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. when that part kicked in. You know, it was the mind fucking gaslighting until I finally was like, dude, you, that's it. You've got to go. No more. And then it turned into the next phase, which was the crazy psycho stalker. Let's talk about that. Oh, that so, was unpleasant. So you dropped. Yeah, so we're at the part where he was living with you. You finally are like, I'm getting rid of you. I'm dropping your stuff off at your grandma's. He locks you in the driveway. Mm -hmm. You finally, I'm assuming, got to leave. Yeah, we, um, we did finally leave. And then 
what happened with his behavior from there. So from there, that's when he went like full-blown, nobody's playing psycho. Like everybody knew he was psycho. He, like my phone would ring 200 times a day, literally 200 times a day. He would call, I tried turning my phone off and then he would start just dialing my work, dialing my work. So I had to turn my phone back on. He would, if I was at work, I wouldn't see him. But he would say, oh, I love that blouse you have on today. That color, whatever color is really, is great. Or I would come out, I was taking some classes. I would come out from my class in the evening and there would be flowers in my car, stuff like that. And so he's trying to like win you back or something? Uh, well, I, sometimes, but then other times, like he would break into my apartment while I was sleeping and move things <gasps> like a gun, um, which, you know, the in Texas, you can have those. So I, my That's son scary. and I both slept with them in our room and, and I would wake up and it, and it wouldn't be by my bed anymore. So like, that was just kind of a little, this is what I could have done thing, oh you know? That's and that, scary. yeah, that part, that part was disturbing very much so. But even with that, I was like, well, you know, I'll just, I don't know. I have this mentality of, I, I don't really experience fear like normal people. Mm-hmm. And so I basically, I was more mad than fearful. And then the calls and all that just were constant, constant, constant. Um, what would he say? Was, Did he leave you messages or? Oh yeah. How much he loved me and please take him back. And you know, you don't want to do this to us and blah, 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 blah. And then sometimes it would be, I know you're fucking somebody else. I know that's the problem. Who is it? Who is, you know, I'm like, you know, and it would just, different sides of the same coin, you know, with the full blown psycho. Did he, was he a, was he a, a big drinker? Like, what do you do this when he was drunk or was he like this when he was sober? I wasn't a big drinker, but I think that there were probably drugs involved, but you know, I, I know he wasn't doing either of those, at least at the beginning, or at least I don't think. And, and he was, went into crazy pretty fast. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh, and that was that's... another thing. He would accuse me of doing drugs. And I'm like, dude, um, you look at my checking account. Because he would look at my checking account. Like, you know, I have no money to spend on anything that my money's going where I say it's going. And I'm like, why am I explaining this to you? Why? You right. know, you don't pay my bills. You don't. And then it would flip into that constant barrage again. And, and I would just fall right back into defense mode. And I would forget what I was saying. It, it was, I really can't explain it. It was really really baffling that's a terrible terrible mm. way to feel and very much so and then um you know i had a couple of times i had well i probably shouldn't say that one on on the air but um people talked to him and um you know very forcefully and then he would call and say you know why why did you have them talk forcefully to me you know i yeah. love you you know and i'm like dude leave me alone you know just right. leave me alone just what does it take? And so then after I left Texas, he would actually, he even told one of the people who spoke forcefully to him that I was stalking him. Oh, and, and then my friend's like, dude, uh, I spoke forcefully to you for her on her behalf, because I know you were stalking her. I was there when you were blowing up her phone and there for all of that. I, I was there. And, and he was trying to convince this guy that that didn't happen. That it was that the tables were turned and you were the one. Yeah, but oh. I mean, this friend of mine, he was actually there for all of it. He knew, and he knew that he was there for it. And yeah, it was it was crazy. So you you brought up you brought up the girl that he dated after you. Mm-hmm. So 
did you, so after you moved to wherever you moved to, did you, mm-hmm. is that when you found about her? Or did you know that before her and found out how he was before you moved? No, no. I, I found out about her while, um, while he was actually still living in my apartment. Oh, yeah. Okay. So pretty and early then, on. Yeah. That's what helped me, you know, get my mindset right <laughs> to be forceful and like, okay, I, uh, whether I've done anything or not, I know for sure that's something. And so that's like, you gotta go. Wah, wah. So do and, you know, do you know if he did the same thing to her? Like he did. Or did it yeah. Escalate and he, mm-hmm. did he, she finally get rid of him. You know that? Yeah, that did happen. Um, he, and he was doing the same kind of things cause she and I talked for quite a while and, and he was doing the exact same things, you know, constantly the constant barrage of questions and ac- accusations and breaking into her house. And, and, um, some of her relatives spoke forcefully with him mm-hmm. and, and the same thing. It's like, that that just didn't phase him, and he just kept doing the same thing. Oh, did you find out about anybody else, or was that um, actually? So after I moved up here, a friend of mine uh, called and it's like a friend of mine is dating the psycho cowboy, because that's what I called him, uh, oh, the no. psycho cowboy, and and she doesn't believe me when I tell her what happened. Will you talk to her? And I'm like, absolutely. You know, if she wants to call. I'll send her. You know, the police records, whatever. Um, and I'll give him another, give her another person's phone number that this happened to. And, and then also keep in mind, he has an ex-wife who won't let him see his kids. So that should tell you something. And the girl spoke with me and, and then she just was like, well, he's different now. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I get it. I get it. I, I used to think people like that were nuts, but I, I see because they can be so charming at first. Was, was he ever you- arrested or anything like that? Not with me. Was he? Before you, do you know if he had a record or? Oh, yeah, he had a record, which I didn't know that until a little bit later either. But yeah. And I even took the phone records, like 200 calls a day, literally, AT&T printout of my phone records for one month. And it averaged 200 texts and phone calls a day. Every wow. Day. wow. That's yeah. Insane. I mean, like, how do you even dial that much? But yeah, he did. And um, I took it to his parole officer and she did nothing. That's, I've, noticed, I've noticed that it's it's more like uh they use it as he has to physically be there. Mm-hmm. Like if he's calling well, texting you, they'll, they'll say that's something else. But if he's constantly at your work, and you can prove it's constantly. Where every time you go someplace, he's there. Then mm-hmm. maybe they'll. Maybe. Yeah, and well, and and I think he had her snowed too. He he told her that um I wouldn't leave him alone. I'm like, but the phone calls are to me. It's him yeah. calling and texting me. How right? These are inbound, not outbound. Yeah, I, I'm like, I can't fix that. I can't, you know, finagle that. But yeah, it was, I'm telling you, he was good. So what led you, to, I mean, because I mean, from my understanding, the reason why you moved away was because of him, right? So what what led yeah. you to do that? So he escalated to threatening my kid. Um, oh. So my kid's very much a homebody. He was in high school. He still is. And, um, so he, he was just always at home playing his video games. That's his thing. And one night though, he had gone to a friend's house after school and, you know, the psycho cowboy was always watching where I went. So I left in my car and about 15 minutes later, I get a phone call and well, I'd gone to pick Preston up from his friends. So Preston got in the car and the phone rang. I'm like, Oh my God, there he is again. Preston's like, you let everybody else answer the phone and mess with them. Why don't you let me? I'm like, fine, go for it. Because I would just hand the phone off to people. And Preston was like, oh, oh, yeah, you have her son? Well, you can keep him, motherfucker. And I was like, wait, what? 
So he, when oh he saw God. me leave, yeah, he, he thought he was talking to my boyfriend and he was telling him that he had broken into my apartment and had my son hostage. And Oh my gosh. And, and if I hadn't had Preston with me, I would have had a freaking heart attack. Oh, you know? Yeah. And so that was like on a, it was like a, oh, it must've been a Friday, I think, because Preston had gone after school. But um, I called Rosa, my sister, the next day. I'm like, okay, here are the options. I have to kill this guy because he's going to keep coming in my apartment. He's going to keep threatening my kid. And that's going to be the only option left. Or he's going to kill me. I mean, like, there's no middle ground. It's one or the other. Um, so my my third option is to run far, far away. Can I can I move up there? Yeah. <laughs> and, she said, and she said, well, let me talk to my husband. And she spoke with him, called me back a minute later and was like, yeah, that's, that'll be fine. And so I put what I could fit in my little Pontiac Sunfire, um, which wasn't much, and my kid, and drove up north across the country. So um, you got, on did he, did he contact the next you weekend. After? I'm sorry. Did he contact you after you moved up there? Yeah. Yeah. He still kept looking for me for about a year and no. would call my phone. And I let didn't change my phone number still because I knew if I did, then he would just be calling other places and other people. So I just kept my yeah. same number. After a while, um, and I mean, I wasn't, everybody knew where I moved. That I moved up to Wisconsin. Um, but he was like, well, you know, I'll come up there and find you. And I'm like, well, yeah, go ahead. Please do. There's lots of wooded areas up here. Please, please, please come find me. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, but he didn't find me, obviously. And then um, like two years, two years after I moved up here, um, then he had another one and was getting married. And and then I didn't hear from him anymore. So he got, mar- he got married. Mm-hmm. Well, from from what I heard, I didn't like was it. Was it to your friend's friend? No, no, no. This okay. was, um, no, he did the, he did, he was not good to her either. So, so yeah. two years after you moved there, he still called you for about two years after that. So I would say probably at least a year. And I could even go back on Facebook and look because I would say psycho boy, uh, psycho cowboy at it again or whatever on Facebook. Cause it was just annoy the shit out of me so much. And you know, what's better than putting your business on Facebook. <laughs> it's, not, it's not official until it's on Facebook. Exactly. <laughs> the times that you called law enforcement, nothing was ever done. Mm-mm. Like nothing ever came of that. You didn't get like a um, restraining order or anything like that against him. Well, no, because he didn't actually do anything. So what did you learn? Did you, or maybe I should ask it. Did you learn anything uh, or did you change anything about the way you chose people to date from that one thing? Um, the, Biggest thing is not letting people know where I live. I did not let no people know where I live for a long time. In fact, I would, you know, if I met some guy, I probably scared a few people because I was like, if you come to my home uninvited, I will shoot you. <laughs> Just like straight up. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> now, I probably would not have shot them, of course. But I just didn't, I just did not want that to happen again. I was like, don't come to my home. And yeah. I had lived in the place I live now. Uh, for gosh, probably a couple of years before I lived with, you know, my sister and her husband for a while. And then I moved into this place in 2014 and it was probably two years before, uh, anyone outside of family knew where I lived. And now I'm a lot better. Now I'm a lot more, okay. I'm probably not going to meet another psycho. Um, (laughs) so I'm not as adamant about that, but. So did it make you more, um, whenever you met somebody, did it make you 
were you a little bit uneasy at first, thinking, oh, I have bad luck with the last guy, or you just, like you just said, uh, if it happens, I can't just judge it by that? Mm, well, like I said, I have a long history of being able to pick psychos. Um, so, <laughs> but they progressively got worse, you know, like this one was bad and this one was worse and that one was worse. And yeah, I, I don't know how I draw them. Um, and then after I moved up here, I dated two people. Well, one a little bit, but then two. And, and one of those was just an asshole. One was a really nice guy. And the other one was just kind of a loser. Um, and so then I just like, when I moved into this place, I really learned, I love being single, like so much. I had no idea. I always thought I need to be with somebody. I'm a people person. I'll be sad and lonely if I'm by myself. No, I am not. I am so <laughs> fucking happy by myself. Like, I don't even like my cat. I love my cat. But at the end of his meow meow days, I'm not even getting another pet. Mm -mm. Oh, wow. I love my solo. Yeah. So that's in the plus column. That sounds like a dream life to me. It really is. I mean, like, and I always <laughs> I try to look at the positive in everything. So if all of that hadn't happened, leading me to come up here, then I wouldn't have the job that I have now that, you know, it's a really good job. I wouldn't have my beautiful fucking motorcycle. I wouldn't, I didn't, mm -hmm. I never had my own motorcycle until I moved up here. That probably wouldn't have happened in Texas. Um, yeah. I have a lot more tattoos, which I love. And, and if I want to go somewhere, I go. And if I don't, I don't. And if I change my mind, that's okay too. Right. And, and I you don't love have to that. Ask, you don't have to ask permission. You don't have to tell anybody where you're going. You just do what you want to do. Yep. I don't have to schedule anything. Well, I have to schedule a sitter for my cat. But other than that, it's like, mm, this is what I want to do today. Okay. I'm going to do it. And that that's is awesome. awesome. Yeah, it, is it is so awesome. Like I recommend everybody be single. Like, you know, go ahead and procreate <laughs> and all that shit, you know, just because, you know, we need to keep the, well, we don't even really need to keep the human race going. The planet's going to hell in a handbasket, but. Right. That's what I'm trying to tell uh, my kids not to have yeah. kids. Like, uh, Preston, Preston won't give me a grandkid. Yeah. I, I don't think one. any of my kids are. It's like, all my friends have grandkids. I want one, but I don't think I'm going to get it. I, I keep telling my kids, I'm like, I mean, I mean, if they really want to have kids, fine, you know, because I'm mm -hmm. loving and I'm accepting. I think I'd be an okay grandma. But I'm just like, why would you want to bring somebody into this world right now, knowing what you know about it? Mm -hmm. So, yeah. It might, it, it might get better. It won't. Uh, no, it's not. I mean, I don't see how. Once we got to the, No, I'm not going to get political. <laughs> Zip it. Zip right. it. It's not a political it's not talk a show. political episode. <laughs> <laughs> all, right. all right. So, taking into account all that, that happened to you with this guy, mm -hmm. is there any kind of... Uh, is there any kind of thing that you look back on and you said that was the red flag? And the follow-up to that is, uh, what would you tell women that are, or men, that are in that, that situation, how to either get out of it or how to avoid it? Do you have any advice for that? Good question. I would say if I could, that is a good question. I would say if I could go back in time and tell younger Bonnie um, a word of caution, it would be don't be so trusting in the first place. Don't invite someone into your life even for you know drinking one nighter uh go to a motel or something if that's you know if you're just going to have a drunken shenanigans you know even though of course that's not societally acceptable or whatever whatever, whatever. people do their thing i know i did my right. um but go to a motel or hotel or 
something. Do not bring people to your home until you've been around them multiple times. Right. Right. You know, because you don't know when you just brought a psycho to your house who can mind fuck you. I would have never in a million years believed that could happen to me. Nobody who knows me would believe that could happen to me. Yeah. But then there it was, you know, it happened. And so it's it's not like he had like a sign on his forehead that said, I'm a psycho. I mean, it was quite quite the opposite. He was charming, Mm -hmm. good looking. Like there's no reason for you to think that he would be like that. Yeah. So, I mean, if, if anybody takes anything away from this, it's just that like there are wolves in sheep's clothing and mm-hmm. you really need to be cautious. So do you remember if when you met him, if it was, was he adamant, 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 adamant about going to your place? Or did you even break up going to his place? Um, gosh, I don't even remember. Since he lived his grandmother, I mean, you know. mm, I don't remember. That's a, that's a good question, but. You know, I don't, I don't really remember. I think normally, normally I would say, you know, I wouldn't just bring a stranger back to my place, you know, just randomly. But again, you know, there was drinking involved. And so, and it was what, 12, 13 years ago. So I I don't really remember, but I, I don't remember. Yeah. That is good good advice though. That is good advice. Yeah. Because uh, I watched a movie called Mr. Good Bar. And it was about a lady who could go to one of my stands and bring back guys to her apartment. Well, ended mm-hmm. where the guy killed her because she was yeah. by herself. So, yes, you definitely should go to a neutral place. Maybe not even Absolutely. go to his place. You know, go to a hotel. Exactly. They, yeah, don't go to his place. Cause, right. Yeah, because then he can, you know, I called you hostage or whatever. Because yeah. that's for you. I've, I've known some crazies that I thought could have done that too. You know, if, if I hadn't, usually I was more aware at least a little bit than, than to, I I just don't know how that happened. I can't explain it, but that would be my big word of advisement to anybody. Don't, don't uh, bring your one-nighters back to your place. Yes. And let people know where you're going. We're going to a hotel. This is where we're going. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that, that's a big thing. I know that a lot of women nowadays, if they're going to go on, I mean, because, you know, online dating is mm-hmm. the norm now. And so you're meeting people for the first time that you've never met before. You don't, they don't have any friends that you have, you know, so you don't have anybody to vouch for this person. So, yeah, it's mm-hmm. definitely good, especially nowadays to let somebody know where you're going to be what time mm-hmm. you're going to be there and kind of keep up with them like via text yeah. the whole date. Just mm-hmm. like, you can't be too safe on stuff like that. Very much so. I mean, I could get into a whole nother story of our friend Chrissy who, um, well, I don't know if you know about Chrissy, she, who was murdered a few years ago. I don't, mm. I don't think I'm familiar yeah. with that. Oh, that's a, that's a whole, uh, I wouldn't really say that was a stalker, but it was a, a similar scenario, you know, with stranger danger. And, um, and, and he killed her, you know, stabbed her multiple times in her home. Oh my God. And yeah, it was, it was Rosa's best friend actually. Um, but yeah, I mean, and that's the thing about, you know, bringing anyone around your home until you, if you've gone around somebody several times, um, not in your home, you know, like if I had, even if you're meeting at the hotel, you know, like 10 times, let's say you're just some crazy sex fiends. Um, and that's how you get to know people, you know? And, um, so that's where you're, that's where you're getting to know them. Do it somewhere else because 
if you're around somebody a few times, they're going to start showing, you know, more of their true personality. Exactly. Um, yes. You know, we're all glossy on the outside when we meet somebody for the first time. And, and so I, I just really, really would emphasize that. That's something I wish I had been more, um, practiced more. There you go. Yeah. Good advice. So did, how, so after that first, after you moved and, um, he was in touch with you like for the first year or so, has he contacted you? Like, are you, does he have ever contact you now? Mm-mm, you no. Mm-mm. Nope. After, after when he stopped, he just stopped. That was he it. Got a new focus. Yeah. For a while I thought he was dead or in prison, but, um, turned out he was alive. Yay for him. I hope he maybe got some therapy, medication, whatever he needs. So he's not doing that to people anymore. Fingers crossed. Or that his life is totally miserable. <laughs> I don't know if uh, I have to do more research on this part of it, but I don't know if, he, if you're a stalker, if you're always a stalker, if you, at some point you stop. I mean, mm. I, I wonder if it escalates and escalates until you actually kill somebody or if you just get to one point and stay that way, if you could ever change not do it. So from what I've read, um, actually, no, you're not going to change because it is, um, it's sociopathic behavior. And mm-hmm. so sociopathic behavior it cannot be medicated it cannot be therapied none of that it's just like mm-hmm. a it's almost like a chemical imbalance the brain just works differently and so on sociopaths where they've done autopsies and examined the brain there is differences in the brain and so mm-hmm. you can't fix that or outgrow it but that's sociopaths or even psychopaths they don't always escalate they they just like this is their norm like this is normal this is what's normal for them um, right. I've read about psychopaths that actually lead pretty, pretty normal lives. Yeah. Yeah. Or I sociopaths too. Sociopaths are really very, very common. I would say, I would say my ex-husband was sociopathic because their thing is like, they have very high standards for everyone else that don't apply to them because they don't really mm-hmm. see everybody else as the same as they are. You know, yeah. you can't do this, but when I'm doing it, I know why I'm doing it. So it's different. And they have a lack of empathy. And then there's, uh, to some point, a little bit of a thrill on the control part. But really, it's really, it's basically a genetic defect. Do you know why he was living with his grandmother? Um, yeah, because he had not been out of prison long. Oh. Okay. Yeah, I didn't know that. What was he in prison I, for? You know, I don't know. <laughs> it seems like I knew it. I must have. Yeah, I was just wondering if it was something similar or just something like Petty theft. I or bet something. you it's something. With business. I don't. Stockier. There's some back in. Um, entered a plea of no contest to a charge of tampering with physical evidence and was placed on 10 years probation. That one was in 2007. I know. I'm so curious now. Mm-hmm. I'm not. Come on, Google's give us some more dirt. That was that was that was about the time that you made him though, right? So you said that was in two thousand seven. So yeah, I met him in two thousand ten. Yeah, so whatever that tamper with evidence is probably why he went to prison. I wonder if our prison buddy could look it up. Our prison buddy? Yeah, you know, prison guard. Oh, I'm like, we have a prison buddy? Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean he's in prison, I mean he works for the prison. <laughs> Like, I don't think I know anybody in prison <laughs> currently. <laughs> Y'all both dated somebody that went to prison. Y'all got that in common. I married somebody. Oh, yeah. He's body was smart enough to marry me. Right? No, no, that, that, that's not me. I, I'm not that smart either. 
Is this one of our family traditions that I didn't know was a tradition? Oh, maybe it is. It's one of those secret family traditions. <laughs> you know what? I will tell you something. So my Aunt Lily, who's on my dad's side of the family, she was this amazing human being. She was a um, uh, mission. She did missionary work uh, in Korea back, I don't even remember how long ago, but she um she actually was one of the original families in Ada, Oklahoma. She wrote a book and, uh, about that area for their historical society. And then also another book called A Flame for Co- uh, uh, Korea, A Flame for Christ. That was during her missionary time. She wrote a book about that. Anywho, in there, she was talking at one point about um, what, one of the schools that she went to. And there was a men's prison nearby. And they would go, you know, minister to the prisoners. And she mentions in there how good looking a lot of them were. <laughs> And I was like, oh my gosh, it really, it really is genetic. <laughs> even, even the saintly one <laughs> was drawn to the bad boys. The bad, the bad, yeah, the bad boy thing. It oh. is. I mean, especially, I think, I mean, I feel like at some point I like turned a corner and I'm like, that's not my thing anymore. But before I turned that corner, I was like, oh yeah, I like the bad boy. That's what you heard. You mm-hmm. Treat me, treat me bad, do bad things. I like it. Yeah, that was, uh, I thought it was, um, you know, daring. And I mean, you know, I wasn't always the most, uh, the mellow person you see now. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> so I have not found anything else, but I'm going to keep looking because now I'm just so freaking curious. Well, if you do find it, let us know. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. We'll, we'll add that to our next episode. Yeah. If we, mm-hmm. but. So if you had it all to do over again, would you, what would you have done? differently i mean and i think maybe you already answered this as far as like just not taking them that would have been the key thing i think another thing is don't let someone cut you off from your friends because that was a thing too keeping me so busy that i was never around my people or if i was it was for very short windows of time yeah something he would do something to embarrass me so i'd be like okay let's leave that way it was my fault we were leaving yeah you know like i took him to a, a family i think it was thanksgiving thing uh, once and that lasted he was like outside on the phone the whole fucking time and I'm like oh my god I cannot believe you're doing this and get off the fucking phone and come inside we're sitting at the table eating and he's like no no I've got to you know, I'm like dude you cannot be talking to anybody that's important it is Thanksgiving day you oh. know it you're just chilling talking to your friends or whatever and um and then I was pissed off and I was like you know what fuck it we'll just leave well, if you want to leave, okay. And I didn't, you know, I didn't even realize until days later, he talked me into. Don't leave me. Yep. Yeah. yeah it, no. And I did it to make it my idea. And I was like, and so we weren't around people enough for other people to notice it so much. Right. And yeah. So, so they, somebody, could, they couldn't tell you, hey, this guy may not be good for you because they didn't know. They didn't have enough information. Yeah. And so be aware of that. If somebody's, you know, making, if you think that it's, you deciding to leave places that you normally wouldn't leave, mm-hmm. then somebody's probably fucking with your head. Yeah, I've seen that so many times whenever people, I mean, where you can see looking from the outside that they are in a completely toxic relationship where that person, the toxic person will try to like just pull that person away from any support system that they have. Friends, mm-hmm. family, you know, even maybe work, work friends, whatever, they try to pull them away. That's like a first tactic that they do to make sure that they don't, um, that there's no negative feedback about them. 
So yeah, they can't see. exactly. Your family can't see what's going on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, big, it's big with physical abusers also. They, mm-hmm. they separate. Mm-hmm. Why don't you come around and go, oh, he has to work or something. It's always some kind of excuse. Yeah. The family exactly. can see that as a red flag also instead. Yeah. That's one thing I've always loved about you, Rob, is that you encourage me to spend time with my family. Because I'm not a physical abuser. Mm-hmm. I don't have a small penis and I don't have insecurities. <laughs> Well, and, and you have a pretty awesome family too. Oh, which by the way, the other day you said at your, um, when y'all were playing the card game or whatever, and it was, what is your favorite holiday or whatever? And you said, Aunt Carol's, I was so thinking that when, when that question came out, because that was yeah. always my favorite too. Christmas Eve at Aunt Carol's, that was the best. It was, it's like the best memories I have of, mm-hmm. of growing up. And then my, even my early adulthood, like just going over there and it, it was just, it was the best. I mean, we all had so much fun. Everybody was always in a good mood. And yeah. it was just the and, best time with the people I loved. And we never outgrew that place, even though we were packed in there, you know, later right. on. Everybody had kids. And, you know, there are no small people in our family. So <laughs> it was like, it was just like, we were like, even if, gosh, if she and Uncle John had lived forever and we just kept expanding the family, we would have just, you know, spilled out into the yard. It would be fine. Yeah, as long as she made enough sausage yeah, balls, sausage balls were important. Oh, I love those sausage sausage balls. Even with her <sighs> recipe, nobody can make them as good as she did. I agree. I agree. I have I have a recipe book that she gave me a few I years before she passed away. Okay, yeah, she gave it. I think to every woman in the family, the mm-hmm. you know the one that has all of those her recipes stapled into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either Rosa, Rosa or Sherry. I can't remember which. Somehow, somehow I didn't have one. It may have been stuff, because like I said, I left everything in Texas in that apartment. Like, literally, everything I owned, I left in the apartment. But Rosa or Sherry, I, I can't remember which one of them, gave, gave me theirs because I, I cook and I'm more of the sentimental one on stuff like that. But anyway, yeah, that, that was, those were, that that was, mm, and that was just the first thing that popped in my head. I, I think probably most of us in the family, that, that would be our answer. I bet, I bet if you, if you took a poll of anybody in our family, what's your favorite mm-hmm. holiday or what's your favorite Memory, memory. Yeah, that, that would be one of them. Okay, so you probably heard us talk about this before. It's called I Wish I Didn't Know. So I'm gonna we're gonna do this every episode. And since you're a guest, I'm gonna ask both of you this question. Am I your first guest? You are. Yes. Oh my goodness! Yay! Yes, yes I love guest virginity. We will Yay. have to give you a, a first guest medal sure. or something. All right, so <laughs> here's oh, that's fine. Here's a question. Pianna, Peeing in the shower can actually a be therapeutic, b help help cure foot fungus, c disinfect bathroom tiles better than cleaning products, or d unclog the pipes. It's b. I know this one. It's b. What? Which one was b? Uh, Help cure foot fungus. I'm gonna say unclog the pipes. No, Bonnie's correct. The answer is b. So peeing. I can't remember. It was on some sitcom. I can't remember which one. I'm leaning toward Friends because there was that episode where Monica stepped on a jellyfish and um, Chandler peed on her foot. Yeah. And I'm I'm thinking it was that episode where they talked about the foot fungus. And I Googled that shit. I'm like, can that be real? That can't be real. But it was. You can learn some good things on sitcoms. And ever since then, you've been peeing on your feet. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, no, no. But if I ever get stung by a jellyfish, I will. Another one is the whole put in a tablespoon of oil in water whenever you're boiling something. It'll never boil over. I learned oh. that on that 70s show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it works. Like you can try and boil it over. It won't happen. 
I never. Th- I know because I tried. Oil. I was I was feel a little bit of salt, but for it, I don't think about oil. Mm-hmm. Salt is a little bit more for seasoning, but yeah. And I don't yeah. remember if it's a tablespoon. I think just a teaspoon even will do it. I'll have to try it with a teaspoon in a few minutes. But I know a tablespoon will work. Awesome. Well, I, I did want to, because we're here at the end, I would. I, I wanted to, I found a little bit of information online. And there are four golden rules that should be followed if you find yourself to be the victim of stalking. And this mm-hmm. is in one of the um, resources that I've got linked in the show notes. Um, number one, you should have no contact with the stalker. I think that's a that's a big thing that a lot of people make the mistake of trying to like continue to talk to them or like you were saying, you know, you're like, oh, okay, well, let me try to save him, you know, because he seems Mm -hmm. to want to change. So you've got to like draw that line and have no contact with the stalker whatsoever. Number Mm -hmm. the second golden rule is that you have to tell others can't keep it to yourself, can't keep it quiet. You got to let everybody know what's going on so that as that stalker person contacts all those people they're aware of what's going on. Um, You also need to increase personal protection. So in that article that I was reading, it talked about, you know, I mean, maybe you need a gun, maybe you need a taser, maybe you need, um, even they've got like these personal alarms that you can uh, twist Mm -hmm. something and it makes like a really loud noise, you know, so that if you're in public and they try to do something, you know, it calls attention. Um, Mm -hmm. And then uh, number four, collect evidence. So, you did all those. You did all those steps, didn't you? Um, well, collecting evidence, not so much. I mean, like I could have probably recorded a whole bunch of stuff. And, you know, another thing, I'm going to just add something because you had a, a really good one there about having some kind of personal protection. And you mentioned a taser. Don't let them know that you have any kind of protection because right. I had a taser and the motherfucker took my taser and chased me with it one time. Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. All over my apartment. And then he was like, I would never do that to you. But then he would like start clicking it at me again and oh it was a horrible horrible before I finally was able to you know because he would start getting lax you know as a little bit of an hour or two went on and and I was able to get that but yeah don't let him know you have any kind of protection right let him think you're fragile and vulnerable I want to add one more thing to that even though they might not do anything any any incident you need to call the police Mm -hmm. because the police will keep coming to your house sooner or later they're going to do something but uh, and uh, when you call the police, you also want to make sure they file a report because as that mounts up mm-hmm. or later, like you're going to get a restraining order or whatever, that makes it easier. You never call the police. And like I said, you never called us. So you, anything that you think, even if it's small, mm-hmm. always call the police. If they don't do anything, at least give them the file report so you have that. So that was easier if you have the file report. Yeah. And it. it'll also but, be documented that it was called in. Yeah. Right. That's a, that's a very good point. Very good idea. All right. Well, let's close out here. Thank you guys for listening to us. Um, if you are or know someone who is a victim of stalking, we link some resources for you in the show notes. Um, so please make sure that you get help that you need. And again, thank you so much for listening to us for relationship advice or to tell us how great we are. Please email us at unchecked at gmail.com. We can also be found at unchecked on Facebook by searching at Unchecked AF. And our Twitter handle is at Unchecked B-A-G-G-A-1. Um, or you can search for us on Instagram at Unchecked AF. We're now on TikTok, Unchecked Baggage, all one word. And we have a new social media manager that we will be introducing very, very soon um, that we'll be doing some work. And so maybe we'll get some more listeners because of that soon. Also, thank you to Jess- uh, Jessica at Jesse B Creative for our awesome cover art. 
Um, and thanks to everyone for listening to Unchecked Baggage. I want to add, if anybody's still listening, that we're going to, it's going to be a two-parter. So the second part will be more research, what we found, some statistics, stuff like that. But now that we know Bonnie's answer, we can piggyback off of those. Thank you, Bonnie. We appreciate it. Yes, thank you so much. I really appreciate this. And I love You're you. You're welcome. I love you too. Thank you for letting me be your first guest. <laughs> Hi, so exciting. exciting. Yeah, it's special. <laughs> <laughs> Have a good night. Thanks. You too. Love you guys. Love you too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.